I, I wrote some thoughts on a piece of paper and I thought, oh my God, have anyone ever found this? So I rolled it up like really tightly and then I burnt it in the bathroom. I absolutely love it, guys. Don't do that on notes on your phone. Because also don't, don't, do don't, forget, don't forget that your devices are connected. That's going to be yeah, very yeah, awkward yeah, yeah. when your kid picks yeah. up the iPad. Hello, you beautiful creatures. I am Angela Scanlon, and you're listening to Thanks a Million, the podcast that thinks all about thanks with the good, the great, and the grateful. Now, how are we all doing today? Are we in full-scale Halloween prep mode? Our house looks like a graveyard. Not in the romantic kind of way, if you're that way inclined. I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to a graveyard, actually. I, quite, I think they're quite sexy. <laughs> It's probably the wrong word. But anyway, our house does not look like a graveyard. It looks like a pumpkin yard. It's full to the hilt. We've gone full in. We're leaning heavily in. There's a smell of root vegetable at the bottom of the stairs. Um, but it's kind of spookily, like romantic slash a bit creepy. Anyway, Halloween is a batshit time of year as far as I'm concerned. But apparently it's bigger than Christmas. So who knew? get involved. Seriously, it's just not worth fighting anymore. And anyway, weird, creepy, bearded man. I don't know, arguably scarier than pumpkins on fire. Okie dokes, shall we move on swiftly? There are just about a million things that I've been grateful for lately, honestly. Today, (laughs) I'm grateful for the trampoline. More specifically, for being able to jump on the trampoline without weeing myself, which is a relatively new moment post two babies. Um, Now, there's a certain level of stiffness that my daughter does not possess right now. I've got to slightly clench. (laughs) There's a bit of holding the tummy muscles and the falula muscles, but it's... <laughs> but we're back in the game. We're back in the game. The falula muscles are the muscles that were around your little noggin when you came out. <laughs> it was right. I'm so sorry. That was a bit of an overshare, wasn't it? I feel like there's a lot of that going on. But weirdly, we'll get to my guest in a second. And and there is a lot of app chat. But I did have an app while I was pregnant that gave me different vegetables as the days would go along, as the weeks would go along. And I remember being confronted by a watermelon and being told that that was the size of the baby in me at that moment. And I don't know, they don't put a disclaimer underneath to say like watermelons are hard. Yes, they, you know, smash if you drop them, but like they're, the, the skin is pretty unyielding. And so to imagine a hard watermelon descending into the canal is actually pretty traumatizing. And I would suggest more on this later, but I would suggest that that app was designed for a woman by a man. Anyway, before we get into today's chat, what are you, the listeners, thankful for? Lucinda writes in, today I'm grateful for my Apple Watch other watches are available. I was having a low point and at that exact moment I received a message I needed to see. It really perked me up. Simple things in life. See, not all tech is evil. Amy from Shropshire says that she is very grateful for her cleaner cleaning my house and she's so lovely too. I love that. Honestly, 
The unsung heroes of the world are cleaners. Shout out. Our, our cleaners, I don't have a team of them. I wish. We're working towards it. No, they're the best. Again, not plural. <laughs> Who am I, a Kardashian? Okay, enough of that, enough of that. Okay, shall we go meet today's guest? Michelle Kennedy is the founder and CEO of Peanut, an app built in 2017 for the sole purpose of connecting women going through all stages of life. That's all of us. From puberty to pregnancy through to motherhood and menopause. The app is one of the fastest growing social networking apps and has been recommended by Vogue, Forbes, the BBC. The list goes on and on and on. Michelle's goal is to reduce feelings of isolation and empower women to connect. And Peanut, honestly, is one of the best apps I've ever used. In a sea of Tinder, and I mean, I've never used Tinder, so maybe it's a great crack. But anyway, I feel like this is a warm hug of an app, and there aren't many of them. Please welcome to the show, the lovely, the brilliant, the force that is Michelle Kennedy. Michelle Kennedy. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, before we kick off, I want you to have a little look around. Where I, I feel you're in an office. I feel like you might often be in an office. I am always in an office. I'm in my office, though, at home today. Okay, so can you have a little look around or, you know, a jaunt? You can get up, you have 30 seconds, and find something. Put your hand on something that you are thankful for today. Anything. Ooh, oh, at all. Oh. She's got it. I've got it. Do I show it now? Yeah, reveal it. This is Lego. It's a tiny, it's a tiny Lego dog that my son made me and left on my desk. That's cute, Very isn't it? Cute. I know. Very cute. He's quite now, artistic, unlike he his is, mother. He is, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> You're building the world, Michelle. It's fine. It was time for art. I ha- haven't got time for this, but he has. Lovely. So Lego is the thing. Lego is the thing. It's all over yeah. my house, but this is pretty cute. He's obsessed with dogs. It is really dogs. cute. Yeah. And does he make the... gifts often for you? Yes, he does. Look, there's even a bone. I mean, sorry. It's that is much. very sweet. How it's old is he? Much. He's eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So buildings, buildings of dogs. I'm currently in the, uh, you know, the, the, the picture phase. So there's crystals and feathers and leaves and things stuck on. So, but we haven't got to, you know, oh, that's nice. creations. As such. Yeah, that's nice. Nula doesn't do any creations. No, she, okay. she basically just takes a pen and draws on anything. So, you know, we've also got a bit of graffiti around the house. Artistic. Fine. Artistic. Yeah. How do you feel? Because I never know where to land on this with the little bits and pieces that they bring home from school or nursery or like that they do in their spare time. Have you got like a, a policy around that? Because it feels quite ruthless to just bin the crap ones, but equally. It's so true. Yeah. I've got a box. It's hard to hold on. It's really hard to hold on. And also mm. the ones that have got pasta and lentils and little bits of glitter, this is not going to survive the test of time, right? Yeah, thick. And also takes up a lot of space. A lot of space. We've got to let that go. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, do do okay. a bit of... Re- I've got a box for the good stuff and everything else kind of gets rolled into the bin. I have a friend who does a one-in, one-out system. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. better, actually. Which that's I think better, is quite it? ruthless. It is, really. Yeah, it's like, or she gets the kid to choose. So here's your, like, ten pieces of art... And you could swap one in, swap one out. Are you ready to say goodbye to this one? 
and bring in the new one. No. So they're kind of become their own critic. I know. No. Is that psycho? I maybe. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Finn, Finn I... wouldn't go with that. Finn would not go with that. Because no, also okay. he has that, he's quite smart, has the ability to be like, don't you think everything I do is brilliant? Okay. Ah. Uh... You know, he's okay. got that. And so, and you haven't said no. No, I haven't actually. I've said, of course, darling, you're a genius. You're magical. <laughs> Michelle, I feel like this is, there's going to be endless advice and different streams that we could go down with this one because I feel like you've had access to pretty brilliant um, brilliant brains and, and advice over the years. But is there a piece of advice that you can narrow it down to that you're most thankful for? Yeah, do you know what? This is my husband's words ringing in my ears always. He has a brilliant one of cheap becomes expensive. Now, when he used to say it, he meant it in relation to my penchant for Zara clothes. Fair. <laughs> and the fact that they fell apart. Sorry, not that Zara clothes fall apart. That, that I'm still a very, very deep advocate of, of Zara, yeah. but not fast fashion. Anyway, um, it actually applies really well in, in every part of life, business, hiring people. Don't try and chip someone on their salary because then they feel less motivated about the role and then that becomes more expensive because they either leave you later down the line or you have to replace them or you have to build someone else into the team. So that's always been kind of, it works in that way. It works with when you're working, like if you're contracting with someone, an agency, someone's going to provide a service to you. If you think you're getting a bargain and then you find out that actually everything on top is an added extra. So really, it's just about pay people what they're worth or pay what things are worth and you'll get the value back. Very good one. That is. It's kind of solid, isn't it? And it's not sexy advice either, which sometimes seduces us a bit, but is not that useful in real life. It's a really unsexy piece of advice, but can be sexy when you apply it in, you know, when you're shopping, for example. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) totally but also so like pay people what they're worth this is the tricky one isn't it because are are there ever moments and obviously there have been studies and I think we all probably know that females historically and probably still undervalue uh, themselves in, in in work in everything probably but in in work so we kind of tend to pitch for lower salaries or we underestimate the value that we bring or the experience that we have whereas males on the flip side do the exact opposite often overinflate the value that they bring have a kind of you know slightly misjudged uh, sense of brilliance and their worth you know off obviously brilliant men too but are you ever in a situation where you're hiring someone who you believe to be brilliant who isn't aware of that and who is at, who is not asking for what they're worth. Yeah, I think that what you see actually is when you're pushing people. So you're saying, okay, so you can do this. How would you feel about taking on some of this as well? And it's kind of a, well, I've never done that before. I, I, uh, you know, rather than a, yeah, I could do that. Um, kind of say yes and figure it out afterwards. There can be that kind of, well, I've never done it before and I'm happy to give it a go, but I want to be honest with you and tell you. And I think that's an element where you're, you know, there is um, often a compulsion to confess as a woman, right? We want to, mm-hmm. you know, I want to make you aware that I'm not saying that I can do this or I'm not going to oversell. And, and, and I think that's often a symptom of what we've been told people expect of us. So whether it's because people expect that we'll be the good girl and the compliant girl Mm. and the honest girl, or whether that's because people expect that uh, we won't 
kind of learn on the job or or kind of oversell. Um, so I think there's a lot of of that wrapped in. But yes, there are many times when you have to tell people what they're worth because they don't always recognise their own value. Hundred percent. Well, I it's funny because that is a, a sense of saying yes and figuring it out. I do think is something we we associate with men. It was something I didn't realise until much later that was kind of, you know, a more masculine, if you like, attribute. But I I think for anyone who who gets ahead or or, you know, builds something, it's it's just part of it, isn't it? You've got to kind of lean into that discomfort of not knowing. Exactly that. I mean, I can honestly say I spend most of my day not fully knowing anything in any great detail, just kind of having a good enough understanding to ask some questions, which probably put me in a position that, you know, people feel that they have to inform me better. But but that's okay. That is like getting into the comfort zone of not knowing everything and being okay with that. And, and, and making sure that everyone thinks that that is also where you're at. Like, it's fine that you don't know. Why should you have to know everything? Yeah, it's funny. I've literally just written down good enough in capital letters because there's a, there's a book called The Good Enough Mother. And I think maybe, again, as a female, you strive. We're often striving for perfection unless we believe we'll reach that level. There's no point in doing it or we'll be exposed as frauds or whatever else. But good enough, getting started and doing something at a good enough level is actually something to strive for as opposed to be afraid of or ashamed of. Exactly. You know, we sometimes forget that we're not sitting exams. This is life. No one's going to give us a, you know, an A1 because we we really kind of aced it on the kids' invites for for that particular party or whatever it is. Like this is this is just about priorities and being, you know, getting to a good enough place that you're also like meant to live and enjoy living. And it's not meant to feel like a punishment, you know. So I, I think that sometimes... Again, and I'm really guilty of it, really feeling like I'm in that exam mode of got to be the best, got to get the top grades. And, you know, it's not a practice run. This is my actual life. I don't think I have to spend my whole life in exam mode. In exam mode. That is such a good way of putting it. Yeah, God, I hated exams. Okay, on we go. (laughs) The thank, thank fuck for that. When we first launched Peanut... Um, we got this tagline that was Tinder for mums. And I'm not joking, the first time I read it, I read it in a, a news article, um, I cried. Because oh, I was no. like, oh God, is that what I've built? Like everyone's like, yay, Tinder for mums. And it just had, for me, I came from working in the dating industry. It had all these kind of connotations that I wasn't striving for. Um, I was okay. striving for like, let's bring women together. This is a safe space. This is all about, we've got you. This is your, and all of a sudden it was like Tinder for mums. I was like, oh God, you know, rejection. Um, All of those horrible like connotations that come with it. And actually best thing ever did what it said on the tin. People understood it was a game and that you could meet people. And it was the tagline that um, Good Morning America went with. Can't argue with that. You can't argue with that, but it's funny. So, so with the Tinder thing, was it the idea that it, that it was kind of transactional? Yes. You know what it was, actually? I was thinking about 
all of those moments where I'd heard kind of stories, horror stories of friends who were, you know, dating on Tinder or, or any other dating app. But you know those moments where you're sitting and your friend's like, that's it, I'm not, I'm not doing dating anymore. I'm not, I'm mm. out. I don't want to use the apps anymore. And, and so I had that, those connotations to me of like, oh gosh, I don't want there to ever be that moment where it's like fatigue, I'm out. This is not how Soul I want to do it. Soul destroying. Exactly. And I feel gutted and people are like swiping no on me. Um, and, and also, you know, ours was not like that. Ours was about waving. It wasn't like a rejection in that way. And it was much more, incl- anyway, so many things that I felt it didn't really do service to everything else that the product was and the community and the groups. But, you know, it kind of, in an era of the Uber for this, the delivery for that. Yeah. That it, it actually, it worked so well because people understood, okay, this is a product aimed at moms at that point mm-hmm. and it's about, you know, finding connection. Yeah. It's so funny though, isn't it? Because that's exactly it. People are like, tell me, tell me in three words, what is it? In three three words, if you can distill your business into three words, Tinder for mums, like that's a winning combo in a, you know, sea of ideas. It's exactly that, you know, that elevator pitch and everyone's like, so what does it do? And, and, and then I even found myself being like, it's, it's like a, a Tinder, but for, for, you know, friends or mum friends yeah. or whatever. And then people would be like, oh, that's cool. You know, and now I'm much more kind of, we're a social network for women across life stages. And I'm very kind of deliberate about it, but it doesn't roll off the tongue like Tinder for mums did. But it's much more than that. It's much more than that. That's where I, I, I still have that, you know, I think it's how we started. And it was a good, it was a good kind of diving board. Mm. And I mean, I guess as a female founder and as someone, obviously the business is, is so close to your heart, but you have to slightly adapt to, you know, what people are receiving, don't you? You kind of, or, or, or has the idea from its very genesis had to, to bob and weave? Is it different yeah. from what you set out? Definitely. I mean, it's totally evolved. We, you know, what started as a kind of, this is about women finding friends has turned into, this is a place where you can talk about anything. You can talk about your sex life, money worries. You can talk about your friendships. You can talk about yourself. You can listen, you can laugh, you can share. It's, it's become much more about, here's a community of like-minded women. Um, and by the way, let's talk about some of the stuff that no one tells you, like perimenopause and it can start in your you know late 30s and no one even knows what it is and you know all of this kind of mystique around women's lives um and that was never that's never where we started we actually just started following what women were talking about on peanut and if women were talking about it well let's lean into it and give them like a better experience with that audio, if anyone has not been on Peanut, and um, you should get on it. It's absolutely brilliant, honestly. And and again, yeah, obviously it's meeting you know people potentially in in your uh, in your vicinity geographically. But what I have absolutely loved, and I know it's a more recent feature, is that kind of clubhouse esque pods um, and that audio chat room. And I've kind of like we'll log in and and they're done by topic, and you'll pop in on a day, earphones in, running around the kitchen, do whatever you're doing. And be able to listen to people. And obviously you can get involved. And sometimes I just lurk in the background listening to these. Yeah, I love a lurk. I'm a lurk. And you have 
these amazing like insight into people's lives from all over the world where they're talking about you know the loneliness in in their relationship post having a baby and you're like who a lot of people are really afraid even in their most intimate friendships to have those kind of conversations and it's so it's it's so powerful the anonymity that you can kind of have and the and the freedom to speak with a, a group of strangers who are holding you know secrets that you wouldn't tell your best friends it's so true there is something so like it relieves so much pressure to hear someone else that I'm a lurker I love and I also love the live audio I listen to them all the time but I love it. there's something amazing about hearing another woman say something that you've actually been thinking for ages and you've not actually said it there's something incredible when she just says do you know what I'm touched out I just yeah. want people to stop touching me my kids my partner like stop it and I was like, God, I totally relate. And I want to hear what everyone thinks about it. And I want to hear, you know, it is amazing. There's something really humanizing about listening to voices as well. Obviously, it's why things like podcasts are so amazing because you just feel that connection with humanity. And also, I think it's somebody else articulating the feelings that you can put words to. And I think some of us yes. are very fortunate to be able to, you know, have there's a certain language that goes with having therapy and having, you know, dug around in your brain. But if you if you haven't got access to that for whatever reason, hearing people talk about it you're like oh my god I thought I was fucked I thought I was broken I thought I was the only one a weirdo or ashamed to say that out loud in case it would stick so true also you know there's that terrible thing where even with your closest and nearest and dearest if you hang out in couples if you're like a group of friends you don't want that to now become like conversation that is like readily around when you're not there, oh God, did you hear what they're going through or whatever? Mm. You want to be able to talk about it where, it where it doesn't have that moment, where it's not really about you. It's just about thoughts and feelings and other people yeah. kind of saying, yeah, I've been there. Don't worry, it passes. Or yeah, that shit, sorry, that's happening to you. Or whatever it is, there is that moment of, um, I don't know, it, it's connection. Mm. You, you feel that relief. moment. Yeah, relief. Total, total relief. But just that connection to someone else where you're like, I don't know you, chances are, you know, we're not going to connect again. But at this moment in time, I feel like I'm fully, I'm there. I feel it. I'm living that too, or I've been there. And it, it's amazing. It is amazing. And I think the, the idea that that won't follow you, as you say, I'm not in three weeks going to be reminded by this friend about this moment. So I can like bear my soul, exactly you know, and that. that the, the intimacy and the depth of that connection, even with a stranger, can be really profound and can have the ability, I think, to to change how people or how somebody sees themselves in a moment. So it's, it's yeah, huge, actually. I, th I really think that intimacy as well, like it's really hard to be vulnerable, right? And it's really hard to kind of be intimate and say um, and admit that maybe life isn't exactly as you thought it was going to be or something that you've been looking forward to or building up to hasn't turned out the way you thought it would, whatever it might be, there are these like really kind of very crushing moments and we often hold them really privately. But the intimacy of being able to share it, 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 it just unlocks something where you're like, oh, and actually now that's not scary, let me do it again. And it's something that becomes like really good, a good habit and, you know, it allows other people to do it as well. I think when we go through life and those interactions with our veneer, you know, on and everybody's 
very smiling and gurning at the school gates or whatever it is. I think one, it just, it's like breaking the seal. You know, you reveal something and then suddenly everyone's like, oh my God, I didn't realize. Yeah, I thought it's permission. So true. It's like picking at a scab and then you pick yes. it and then someone else is like, oh yeah. And, and, and all the people that you think are like the most together people and they've, oh yeah, they must have everything sorted in life and they look at their life looks amazing, whatever. It never is. Um, so there is something like really comforting as well in being, but sometimes, you know, you have to be brave. Fortune favors the brave. If you're brave enough to say what's happened or how you feel, you'll uncover so much more about other people too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think this is a total aside, but like if you're too afraid to say to anyone, write it down on a piece of paper and burn it. I love that. <laughs> I had a particular moment last night, Michelle, we won't go into it in detail, but I did, I, I wrote some thoughts on a piece of paper and I thought, oh my God, if anyone ever found this, I would, like, I would look absolutely like a level of, you know, I kind of lean into the slight madness, but no, this was, this was a level. And so I rolled it up like really tightly and then I burnt it in the bathroom. I absolutely love it. Guys, don't do that on notes on your phone. Because also don't, don't, do don't forget, don't forget that your devices are connected. That's going to be yeah, very yeah, awkward yeah, yeah. when your kid picks yeah. up the iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a more, like, analogue route. <laughs> anyway. Is there... I, I feel like this leads us uh, neatly into the next question. Is there a thank God no one knows? I slightly wish no one knew <laughs> that I had psycho feelings on paper that I need to burn. <laughs> I just don't know if it's as, as as illuminating as writing it down on paper and burning it in my bathroom. I love that. No, thank God no one knows. Um, I think my thank God no one knows is there was a time when I was very, very ready to leave. I used to be a lawyer. That's what I used to do. And I was ready to leave my life as a lawyer. I just, honestly, I don't think I was a particularly good lawyer. Um, and I didn't enjoy it. And I had ideas of like what else could I be and I got this job at a very very well-known talent model agency to be their lawyer in-house lawyer and uh, I'd done the whole thing I'd, I'd written my notice I was ready I'd gone and I went to speak to my now husband mm. and I told him I'm going and I'm going to go and join this company and he looked at me what do you mean I said no I'm going and he was like it's the worst career decision ever no. Who are you going to work for? Told him. Said, he's not even a good lawyer. No. Why would you go and work for him? Um, and so anyway, thank God no one knows that I uh, decided not to pursue that route. Thank God. Stayed and then ended up Badoo, Bumble, Peanut. But for my hubby, oh. I would not have done any of this. I would have been... In the... Know, in the back end. Yeah, driving out to the depths of Greater London every day to try and, you know... Milton Keynes. Hustle someone's, yeah, hustle someone's contract. Oh, wow, okay. I mean, so I also go. just can't see you doing that. I know, it was a moment of madness. 
Not quite as mad as burning notes in the no, dark. Fair, babe. fair. But <laughs> with with the law thing, obviously it's like, but, but I'm presuming stood you in good stead with, with what you've done over, you know, the subsequent years. But was it an Ali McBeal thing? Because there was a, a brief moment in time where I thought I'd study law and it was because I thought Ali McBeal was Angela, the sexiest frigging thing I'd ever seen. I'm so grateful for you right now. Because <laughs> when I tell this story to anyone, they're like, who's Ali McBeal? I'm Shut like, up. Fuck. Millennials. <laughs> Ali McBeal for life. Always. She was life. Yeah. I was obsessed with her. And yes, I did think that there would be a bar in the basement of the office. Creepy dancing baby. Cre- creepy dancing babies. And I thought we'd have like, you know, unisex bathrooms where we would have conversation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, Ali McBeal fully influenced that decision. Okay. Anyone who is a lawyer or who knows one knows that sadly, it's nothing like Ali McBeal devastating but yes she had a lot to do with my career choice she has a lot to answer for yeah absolutely and those cute little skirt suits <gasps> i mean inappropriate back absolutely. in the day those tiny little skirts and i was like that's me like i want to do that on minis but also it was absolutely. like it just made what was historically a very male world like yeah, I, I feel Ali McBeal was really groundbreaking in a lot of ways because I was like, wow, she is up there like the conductor of an orchestra. Like it was, it was theatre. It was pivotal for me. And actually, I once went for another job and I had to pitch. And some one of the questions was, um, why did you start as a lawyer? And I put a picture of Ali McBeal into my presentation. And I'm not joking. They didn't know who she was. Shut up. Devastating. That is so rude. It's just rude. It's just rude. And also, can someone put that somewhere on Amazon Prime or something? Because I would like to rewatch it. Do you know, I would love to. And it had a good old run. I'd say you could get your teeth stuck into it. I feel I'm going to go and find that. Yeah, surely. They've got to get on that. You know, so in that period where I wanted to be a a lawyer, now my guidance counsellor in school said that I should be a nurse because I was good with people, which, I mean, was not the road for me. <laughs> um, and right. I thought, okay, I, th- I feel like maybe I need to take this career thing into my own hands. So I said to my mom, I really, like, I really want to be a lawyer slash Ali McBeal. And um, she said, look, I don't know if the image of, of that world and that role is the reality. So she took me into the high court I think it was the criminal court actually for a day and um, to, to see a trial, I guess. I can't remember much of the details because I fell asleep. Wow. And she was like, see, it's not that spicy. Sorry, can I just say well done, mum? Unbelievable. That was amazing, amazing moment. Unfortunately, Trish, my mum did not do that <laughs> and was fully supportive of the Ali McBeal notion. Um, I, I was going to do my mum's accent because she's got a great Irish accent, but I can't do that to, to you know, an Irish woman. Don't do it. Yeah, no, it's a awful. dangerous. I won't do that. No, no, I won't do that. But anyway, my mum, my mum was like, it's grand. Let's go for it. Perfect. Go. In fairness, I think had she supported that, it would have been a, it would have been a like, um, it might have been a straighter road. Like it, it was a long and winding road, <laughs> Michelle, to this point. No, yeah. no, but very smart. But I take, smart. do you remember the other program, Murder One? No. It was around the same time. <gasps> and that was another one that I really got Murder into. It, yeah, Murder One. Oh, it was an American phenomenal. drama series. So good. But that, mm. Ali McBeal, all the... 
Oh, All the yeah. feels. Yeah. Brilliant. So okay, go. well, thank you. Law's losses are game. Thank you. The thanks that got away. This is a bit cheeky, go this on. one. So, was that one of my best friend's weddings? And sat around the table of all my friends from home and um, was basically, I was pitch, had, a f- had a few wines mm. um, and was pitching peanut. This is pre-peanut. Okay. So kind of got onto the, listen, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, one of my friends, he shall remain nameless, said, that is just, I don't get it. I, I won't say the word that he said, but he basically said he didn't think that peanut was a good idea. And something it's not to for the you, effect, pet. yeah, something to the effect of, I just don't know why women need their own platform. No, oh. ouch. Um, and so the thanks that got away was thanks for that because actually his words stayed in my head for longer than they should have done and actually just made me go harder. So we do, we have revisited the conversation um, more for me to kind of scold him. And tell Good. him why, you know, actually there was some deep-rooted misogyny in that comment. But I should have thanked him because actually it gave me the motivation to keep going. Yeah, okay. Because of his blind ignorance to the state. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and because if he thought that, and he's one of my oldest, closest friends, how many other men were going to say that? Mm. Way too many. Yeah. So thank you because then I needed to just go and make it a reality and solve this problem because god help us if we were left in the hands of men who think that women don't need safe spaces well listen this is the thing isn't it it's like actually i was talking so you know the app when you're pregnant the app that tells you as the weeks go along what fruit you're carrying what fruit you are Okay. Of course I know. No, you can Hence change peanut it. Is peanut. Okay, but you can change it to, and peanut's perfect, okay, because like you can put, it's tampon sized. <laughs> but like exactly. as the weeks grow and the vegetables grow and become, you know, harder often, there's also an option, by the way, if you're not, like if you're a carnivore, you can choose animals, cute, apparently cute animals or uh, pastries. So you can change the Did settings on that. it. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. I know it's gross when there's like a a, a duck billed otter and you're like, oh, that is not coming no. out of me. But no. it's like slightly disturbing. But I am I don't know because I haven't looked into it. But I am convinced that that app has got to have been created by a man. So mapping pregnancy symptoms stages, you know, vegetables. But there's no way that if Women sat around a table and said, okay, so we're going to encourage women, get them to connect with whatever is growing inside. I don't think any woman would say, I have a great idea. Let's like tell them it's a pumpkin. Good idea, guys. What about a watermelon? Everyone wants to try and squeeze Birth that one that. out. Yeah, yeah, great. Mental. No. But it feels like a lot of those, the female focused apps yeah. are made by men around a table. It's, it's deeply problematic, you know, on a, on a really serious note, not just about kind of squeezing out a watermelon, but it, it, it is problematic that there are certain things that we need from um, a product that is meant to help us at a life stage. And I, I'm going to generically use a period tracker here as an example. But if it is not a woman or a women-led or focused team who are building that product, there are intricacies, there are moments that require... Um, empathy or emotional understanding of that that must come from women 
And to not have women in that driving seat is somewhat of a travesty because they just cannot have the same emotional connection to the product. So there are so many that I could mention, way too many to, to mention. And there are so many reasons for it, right? We need more women who are in, you know, starting in STEM careers. We need more women who are, have access to, to STEM so that we can start building products, so we can start understanding. We need more women getting investment. We need more women writing checks. We need all of that infrastructure so that more women are in the driving seat of building um, products for women. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, nothing makes my skin crawl more than men getting rich off something to do with me and my body. Oh my God, I know. It makes me get the ick. <laughs> get the ick. And I know that that's also something, you know, aside from, from the, the product side of things, from an investment perspective, there are so many... Like there's so much, thankfully, movement towards funding of female businesses, but there's also a lot of fat cats getting rich off female-led ideas or watering them down or making them fit the mould of what has historically been, you know, the model that works for since the dawn of time. And actually they're taking what's a brilliant female-led idea and trying to water it down or squeeze it through a filter that doesn't work anymore. Totally. You know, ultimately, in the last year, in the year where we saw the most investment in terms of capital investment um, in private companies um, at crazy valuations, we saw the biggest drop in investment in women. So in the best, you know, fundraising year, it was the worst year for women. We get less than 2% of venture capital and we're 50% of the population. So do, you know, you can see then that the whole system is not built for us. And there are so many obstacles along the way. And you're right, what that means is um, we we kind of, we don't have our own approach. We try and we're we're pushed to try and play in a different playing field or in a different manner to to what we might want to. It might impact the, the products that we build. And going right to what we were talking about at the top, in terms of women not understanding their worth, oftentimes, actually, when we're pitching, we understand the value of our business. We understand the size of our market. We understand how brilliant it is. But the questions that we're asked are framed in terms of, show me evidence. Show me that you have done it and, and why your beliefs are correct versus the male kind of open questions of, you know, I think I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt yes. because you look a bit like me. I recognize some of your characteristics. So, you know, I think you'll work it out. And that, you know, it's those opportunity questions versus the evidence Prove questions. Prove it. Yeah. God, it, it's so hard. And you, we look at things that are happening globally and you only have to look at what's happening in the States or in Iran. And you, you see the these issues. And in many, many ways, women are not further along. And that continues to be a, a huge challenge. So we need more women in every subject, at every level, across every kind of conceivable industry, whether that's politics, whether that's business, investment, STEM, whatever it is, because it's the only way we can get any ground share. And we've got to get that groundswell going to to actually make change. But there's so much stuff that looks like it's stepping backwards. It's it's a strange time. Mm, it's a, it, it is. But I, I think on that note of, of the, the proof versus benefit of the doubt, you know, I think what's also missing is the, um, the grace, maybe that's not the right term, but the permission 
for women to to make mistakes. Get it wrong. <gasps> to yes. fail. Yes. It's like, I know my husband, anyone who's involved in building businesses, they fail. They fail faster. They fail harder. It's like, yes, you've had your first mulligan. It's like championed. We're all, you know, which is right. We should be celebrating failure and, and it as a, as a route to success as opposed yes. to, you know, the wrong way to it. But for females, I think there's a fear that if you get one wrong, you've been given the chance and you fucked it up for everybody. It's so true. I talk about this with one of my girlfriends all the time where we're like, let me fuck up for Mm -hmm. God's sake. Mm -hmm. Let me do it. Because we can't, because you can't afford to, because there's too much riding on you. Because we iconize women who start businesses, because, you know, we we herald so much hope and all the other things. And you, you just have got no permission or space. Plus, it is so inconceivable that you wouldn't make a mistake, right? My engineers think it's really weird if I get funny about mistakes because they're like, but how do you get to the right answer? Unless you get it wrong five times. It's how how you you work out the the right code. So so for them, they kind of think that my logic is strange and yet... We've never really been told failure's fine and, you know, failure's good. And it's actually, it's not failure, it's just learning. It's learning. We, we just find our way to the right. Um, and also, I think, generally speaking, I think it's kind of British. I'm not sure we're very, it's not very British to allow women in particular to fail. Mm. I think in the US, we're given a, women are given a little bit more leeway. Martha Stewart. Yeah, but failure is the key, right? I mean, let's hope it's not happening (laughs) too often every day to (laughs) us. But I do think there needs to be conversations where it's like, yeah, this I made a mistake. Now we're going again. Exactly. I made a mistake. It didn't work. Here's what I learned. Rather than like, oh my God, I. here's what I learned. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Why wouldn't that make you even better? Of course it would. And more backable. Exactly. Because otherwise... Otherwise, it's fluke, right? Otherwise, it's possibly that you got lucky, it's timing, it's all those other things. But this way, at least, my God, I know that you've learned and you're on to the next. Don't fear failure. Lean into failure. Lean in. (laughs) It's so true. And like, go before you're ready. That's another thing I think. It's like, do you know what? You'll you'll never be ready. You'll never be ready. And you don't need to be perfect. Things don't need to be perfect. You are fine as you are. Just go, start, Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. That is the motto. Um, before I let you go, Michelle, what what can we be excited about on Peanut and, and beyond? What are you up to? Oh, God, we're always busy. We are, we're launching Peanut in new countries at the end of this year. So that's exciting. So we're going to LATAM, Amazing. Mexico City, here I come. Wow. So that's exciting. So we've been working hard um, building uh, Peanut in Spanish. And, um, you know, more world domination into next year. More world domination. Godspeed, woman. Thank you. We have to try. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, if all else fails, Ali McBeal. Hey, get it. If you find it, text me. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to look for it right now. I'm also watching Murder One tonight. Exceptional. Exceptional. Ted. It was all about Ted. It was all about, oh, Ted Ted Hoffman. Ted. (laughs) Thank you so much, lovely. Thank you so much. Michelle Kennedy, what a woman, what a force. Go, if you haven't already, and download Peanut, the app. Honestly, you will spend days and hours and maybe even meet your new best friend. Or just vent, you know, in the living room about someone you hate. It's perfect. 
before I let you go, please do subscribe wherever you get your pods. And while you're there, if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, we would be very much obliged. Five stars all the way. Merci. And if you want more of me, as well as some videos of the podcast, you can find me at Angela Scanlon on Instagram and TikTok. I know, I've bitten the bullet. And finally, if you want to hear your voice on the show and beyond, perhaps, who knows what we'll do with that hashtag content, send me a voice note via my WhatsApp. I know. It's not my personal one, so no dick pics. Thank you. 07361. 367705. I realized that I don't want them to my personal one either. <laughs> Sorry. It sounded like I like to keep work and private life, work and dick pics separately. I actually just don't want them at all. Anyway, business WhatsApp, business of oh, thanks a million. 07361 367705. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no pictures of any flesh. Thank you. See you next week. Back in the room. Okay. Back in the room. My mum's house was on a sort of fancy Airbnb site. And one summer, the agency said that they had a group that wanted to let to rent it from her. And my sister worked for the company at the time. So she was managing the whole process. So my mum said, yeah, sure. I'll, um, I'll let it out and make some money while I'm not there. Mum's quite conservative and um, a bit old fashioned. So thank fuck she didn't know that she let it out to Blink-182 and that Travis Barker slept in her bed. She still doesn't know. Please nobody tell her. Thanks a Million with Angela Scanlon is a recipe production. 